0: Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 301 of Sexology Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a very special guest, as advertised in the previous episode. Today, I will be joined by Dr. Albert Wong. Dr. Albert Wong was our guest in episode number one and episode number 100. I have worked with Dr. Albert Wong. He's a fantastic couple and sex therapist. And before I tell you more about the episode today, I want to remind you that if you have not downloaded our free checklist of nine spicy, hot ideas for foreplay, make sure you are downloading it today. I have curated this list after working with hundreds of couples, and it will give you some ideas on how to shake things up in the bedroom and bring some easy, exciting things tonight. And I have a recommendation for two sex toys that my clients love, and I I wanted to share that with you as well. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be bad in the bedroom. Dr. Dr. Albert Wong and I, we both work with couples, but and we hear sometimes people coming in and complaining about their partner not being good in bed. And we're going to talk about what are some of the tools that you need to have in your toolbox long-term to have exciting, healthy sexual experiences with your partner. Dr. Albert Wong is a director of trauma certificate program at Somatopia and the director of somatic psychology at John F. Kennedy, a leading educator in the field of somatic. He trains students in somatic psychology, healing trauma, and the mind-body connection through his online platform and maintains an online private practice centered around somatic psychology. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Albert Wong. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and Honor to welcome Dr. Albert Wong to our show. Dr. Albert, welcome to our show. Oh,
1: it's so great to be with you, Dr. Nas, <laughs> Dr. Moali. I know we know each other Please
0: call fun. me Naz, Dr. Albert Wong, and I. We're close friends, and yeah. he's a colleague that I I love and appreciate his work. And please, whatever makes you comfortable. It's so very odd I know for him to add a blue call me Dr. Moali or Dr. Nas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 a delight to see you and and reconnect yeah
0: well it is such a special conversation for me because i know when we were emailing back and forth you were my first guest in episode number one and you were episode number 100 you were our guest and i'm so excited (laughs) to have you back in the show
1: yeah, well, it feels like just a beautiful uh, progression and glad to be there at the beginning and at different landmarks so of your ascent. It's really amazing just to see how, how much uh, your podcast has has blossomed and bloomed, and and just how much of a the need there really is for this kind of knowledge that you're sharing. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. that, that is so generous of you to say that. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that we both work with couples. I know you started mm-hmm. working with couples sooner, away sooner than me. I know that mm-hmm. when when, I, when we met at Olso, your research was your kind of like dissertation was working with couples. And when I work with couples, I hear that at times they say that my partner is bad in bed. Like we hear that term kind of throwing around the Internet in relationships and sessions. So what people often mean when they say like my partner is bad in sex?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. That's one of the. The the things that really comes up a lot, like, hey, you know, I, I I want to feel something a little bit more, but it's not really happening. And what's going on? Like, why why isn't this working? And and frequently, it's it's this notion of like, there's a longing for some kind of connection, right? There's a feel, there's a desire to be met in a way where it's like not just a certain kind of relational distancing or you know, uh, just uh, where, where, where it's actually uh, connecting on all different layers or levels, right? You know, and, and sometimes a partner just has not kind of learned to connect with themselves and feel what it's like to be in their bodies. Sometimes it's they don't know how to connect with another human being <laughs> kind of in this really intimate space, like sex is really vulnerable. Right. And and so sometimes the way that we've been taught about what sex should look like, it's very performative. Like, oh, I've seen this and whatever it is that people watch, right? And and they try and reenact that. But it doesn't really come from an organic sense of their I don't know, like their their interconnected being, their interconnected being. It doesn't emerge out of the relationship. And and sometimes when Sex happens that's not actually relational. It can feel very objectifying, like I'm not really a person to this person. And it it ends up kind of falling off the mark. There's not really attunement. There's not connection. And, And that's what people really, really long for, right? They're not just wanting kind of some kind of, I don't know, like physical kind of catharsis right it's it's really an experience of connectingness right of of bonding and and being with another person wherever they are so yeah so so when people have kind of challenges right in 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 that domain i think it's really how do i learn to help my partner or feel with me right you know and, and and there's there's so much you know sometimes talk about oh you know um my partner is is you know, like either like is bad and bad or, you know, I'm, I just don't find myself sexually kind of interested. Right. And, and, and frequently it's like, okay, well, it's, maybe it's this, the kind of sex that's happening. Right. It It's, it's the kind of disconnected, disembodied, you know, not really I'm with you and I'm feeling the interconnectedness of our being. Right. You know, it's, that's, it can be a really special thing when, when people do feel, interconnected and, and, and in that instance, you know, when there's I'm feeling with you and you're feeling with me and we're feeling together, it's like, well the outcome doesn't really matter, right? There's no we don't have to get someplace. We're just together wherever we are. And and then really kind of beautiful things can happen when you almost let go of outcome.
0: I agree with you. I often see people are very fixated about the skills. They say, we just don't have the sexual skills required to do this. Mm -hmm. And I feel at times they're missing the mark on big part of like a great even extraordinary sexual experiences is the connection you have with the other person so Mm -hmm. you might have the best skills quote unquote (laughs) (laughs) but if the connection is not there right that, that the person might not kind of enjoy it and you might not enjoy it because as you mentioned there is this lack of attunement and what makes sex exciting for many people that kind of electrifying connection between two people that you might miss because perhaps you're so hyper focused on doing things right or you are so anxious in your body which can make it very difficult to be relational like one of the questions that times I get people is like my partner want me to look into their eyes and I orgasm and it's just so hard for me and just Mm -hmm. feel so anxious and I think that's why many people go to the place of fantasy all throughout kind of sexual experiences because they're just so uncomfortable
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. Like, there's the kind of it's, it's real. It's so intimate, right? You know, kind of, and and sometimes it's almost like too much. Like, I can't do this. It's too much, and 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 yeah. So so sometimes eye contact is is really challenging and hard, and absolutely right. Sometimes. Just being with the person, however they are, wherever they are, kind of without eye contact, you know that 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 can be you know just what makes it safe enough to come back into contact right and 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 yeah, absolutely, the thing that you said about skills is really so true, like sometimes people get so fixated on, okay, what do I do, where do I you know kind of where's that and how do i what's the pay you know and all of that, and they really lose the other person because they're so fixated on kind of okay, I learned this tool, let me use this tool or this skill and then and and the skill it's almost like they have a relationship with the skill, but not a relationship with a person and and really the the you know the, the, the that's what it's all about, right kind of the first skill is to be here with you, right be here with me right And you know your body and your being is the real instrument. Right, and so how do we kind of let that be our presence and our being inside ourselves, with ourselves, feeling inside ourselves, feeling with the other person, let our being be the the primary skill, right? That 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 moves everything, right? So you know, and 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 there are certain certain kind of like maybe technical ish things, but you know, it's all you, you shouldn't kind of ever right kind of it ain't don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing right you know you gotta you gotta have you know maybe there is this, you know kind of like certain technical aspects but you but you need to have the, the connection and the presence and the being for sure
0: absolutely yeah. you know and you're right there are things that requires uh, kind of awareness and skills like i know that one of the guests we had they were talking about the research they've done around choking and ah, how right. how much of a skill it is right you, you don't want to yeah. choke someone randomly in the bedroom when you don't have information about Kind of their medical situation where they are. So there are certain things that require skills, but what makes sex very exciting. And I think at times, some people see kind of partner sex being more exciting for them than solo experiences. Is that interpersonal experience of it? That how exciting it is to co-create this narrative with someone else in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's it's a dance. Right, it's, it's you know it's it's kind of a living, breathing kind of it's it's it, there's there's more dynamic uncertainty. There's a lot more unknowns, right, which can make it both scary but also exciting if you can kind of like let your body breathe into it if there's enough safety, right. So yeah, no, hundred percent on board with you, right? It's uh, kind of it's kind of uh, relational contact is is both kind of deeply satisfying and kind of sometimes terrifying but it's where some of the most electric moments occur yeah
0: For couples that you see that they are in a long-term relationship, what are some of the Mm. mistakes that you think they're making when it comes to sex?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think that a lot of the messaging from mainstream media is very much like Hollywood. There's this expectation of things should just be in the movies, right? Happily ever after, riding off into the sunset. And, And the truth is that relationships are... Are complex and there's layers and things arrive, and you know, there's all these phases, the honeymoon phase, etc. But that, you know, layers get uncovered in relationship or the people with whom we feel safest with. Sometimes we start to feel so safe that things start to bubble up, right? So it's almost like we, we, so, so that, and that's one of the magic things about relationship, right? That things will bubble up that old i don't know potential woundings will emerge and and these are points of potential deepening and deeper connections right uh, partners that kind of are with each other for for longer these things just tend to surface and so you know just kind of being willing to to know that that could could arise and to be present along for the ride right and and these experiences which can you know create like fear and anxiety with sufficient connectedness, safety, and holding. There can be these moments and experiences of I'm with you and I'm scared, right? I don't maybe I don't want to look you in the eyes. It's scary. Oh, okay. I'm I'm with you. It's okay. You don't have to. I'm still here. Oh, you're still here. I'll I'll peek at you or I'll look at you. Oh, and that was okay, right? And and there there can be these moments of Like we talk about sometimes in the field, corrective emotional experiences, but there can be corrective experiences of intimacy, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, it was too terrifying to be with somebody in these moments of pure vulnerability and see and be with them, right? And as I deepen with a partner, as I am with them and these old fears, it becomes safe enough for them to resurface. There becomes... And of the opportunity for them to also be healed. Melanis Morrison has this wonderful quote, because trauma happens in relationship, it can only be healed in relationship, right? And, and I think that, you know, and whether it's like trauma with a big T, you know, you know, and there are some people or certainly uh, who, who've experienced that or just like the trauma, around sex that emerges from being told we're not good enough or attractive enough, or we don't fit a certain mold, right? That's a little bit of like, Oh, we start to dislike who we are or kind of there's a societal kind of trauma that happens, but all of that can resurface in relationship, can make a person both want to pull away, be distant, but also there's an incredible opportunity for repair and healing If there's enough of that connectedness and safety so that like even deeper and deeper layers of intimacy and and connection can, can unfold. And so sometimes there's this transition from like secure, just passionate, intoxicating kind of the physicality of sex into I don't know. It's, it's a certain kind of seasoning of intimacy where there's layers, not that the passion disappears, but it almost becomes seasoned with kind of layers of emotional depth and connectedness that I don't know. I think, in my opinion, can add a lot of richness to that. If, if the, the relationship is willing to embark on that journey, right? Instead, I think one of the just the question, like one of the mistakes is like, okay, Things are kind of surfacing in our relationship, right? I'm not getting, you know, my needs met or thing, you know. There's, there's a, okay. There's there's something that's starting to bubble up that may might want to be healed, right? So instead of it's like, oh, my partner is not, you know, is is, is hurting me or is, is, is doing something bad or you know, you it, know, it, it, it's more like okay. This is what happens in relationship. There's uh, there's rupture and repair. There's like, ah, I want to feel connected with you. I want to feel that blissful interpenetration of our beings, right? And it's not happening and it's so painful. It's so painful. But if we can be with that kind of suffering, hold it with tenderness and allow our partner enough grace and space to be in it with us then sometimes together that can be moved through. And if we just hold it and listen to it, like beautiful things can emerge if we adopt the right frame as kind of things that arise and being not not just, oh geez, why is this person such a, you know, but, oh, something's happening. And maybe it's a, a pointer to an edge of anxiety or fear or or hurt that that can uh be and it may be asking to be repaired and healed in this moment. So yeah.
0: Beautiful. I love the analogy of seasoning, of a kind of like the intimacy. is such a beautiful analogy and way of looking at it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. when we hear is it, they say like no the honeymoon phase is over mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. therefore the passion is over and the relationship is about deep connection and here you are, say good- goodbye to yeah. <laughs> exciting, yeah. kind of like degrading sexual experiences. But I think looking at it from a different perspective, I think it's it's very important. And what I see that similar to what you talk about, that sometimes people are chasing the wrong problem. They think the issue mm-hmm. is that their partner, they don't, they don't wanna do a certain thing and the issue is this certain thing. But at times the issue is, as you mentioned, the things that comes up from our past and how beautiful you talked about this, of your partner being there and supporting you through this. Resolving of these past wounds when as they come up, mm. and I think it requires one person to be kind of have certain level of self awareness, right? That sometimes yeah. they are triggered and we are triggered, and <laughs> they're like you know, we're closing our eyes, and the person saying that here comes another person that thinking about someone else, oh, right. <laughs> and that can become oh, this yeah. kind of like vicious cycle.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it, I think I think it's whenever there's such so much vulnerability. You know our triggers are just so kind of ripe for the the, the triggering, right? And <laughs> and and yeah, and 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 so just to just to be aware of sometimes these triggers arise, and sometimes they're a little bit about our partners. sometimes they're about us, things that are have arisen in our past, and and just to use them potentially as fuel for connecting even deeper and and finding. That seasoning to 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 our sexuality and our love. Yeah.
0: Well, let's then name these spices.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: mentioned that, like you know, how people need to have kind of a certain level of connection. You mentioned so many beautiful thing that helps with that. So, if people yeah. want to cultivate exciting, connecting sexual experiences in a long term mm-hmm. relationships. What are some of the ingredients that they need to Mm -hmm. make sure that they they own and they have and incorporate in their relationship?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So, you know, one basic and really important piece, I think, is teaching people how to learn to reconnect to their inner body. Sense. Sometimes they call this the felt sense inside. It's fancy, you know, interoception is a fancy word for it, sensate awareness, right? But what does it feel like just to feel inside that? That's a real kind of skill. Some people have a lot of kind of facility with noticing, oh, okay, I feel butterflies in my stomach, or I feel anxious, or I feel kind of heat. In you know, in my genitals or, you know, I, 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 or but some people like kind of listen for the feeling. It's like, what? I don't feel anything. And so, so learning to teach people or how to just start to listen inside. And sometimes it's as simple as, okay, let's just take a couple breaths, right? And let's maybe just first breathe into your heart area what's that like? Breathe into your belly area. What's that like? What's the feeling inside? Maybe breathe into your, your genitals, your root chakra area. What's that like? And can you feel kind of the aliveness there? And what what is it like? Does it feel safe to feel? Does it feel anxious to feel? Does it feel welcoming? Does it feel not? Okay. Let's just really start to let yourself maybe starting with breath like some, we call it three part breath is you know breathing into each of these areas, so you 're connecting with each of those parts of you, just kind of when you 're solo right, and so that when and maybe you 're with somebody, you can also feel those kind of the intelligence and the intuitive flow that wants to emerge from that bodily sense and wisdom, right? So so the first step is really just, okay, can I be in my body, just in my body, period? There's so many people who live and have dissociated from their own bodily experience. And that's something that each person individually can cultivate. And then kind of step two might be like, okay, can I be in my body when I'm with another person? Because there's so much that happens, like, Okay, I can close my eyes and be with me, and I can make contact with my inner sense of being. But when I open my eyes, whoop kind of, I lose connection with myself. Right? I like I'm all over. I, you, know, you know, sometimes it's very gendered. Like sometimes, like frequently, women tend to sometimes leave themselves and in, in, in be attuned to the other person. Right? So a lot of the challenge is okay. You get to still be with you even when. You make contact with another, right? So you still get to be in your body. And and sometimes people feel like it's really selfish or like, no, okay, you're allowed to do that, right? And so just letting people learn to kind of still feel in themselves, even when they're with another, right? And so feeling in yourself, kind of making contact with another person and still being in yourself. And then it's like, okay, learning to feel kind of the interconnectedness, right? Almost like shuttling your awareness back and forth between where I am in my body and what it might be like in your body and then kind of back and forth. And so there's a, Skills of attunement, right? So there's embodiment, like being in my body. There's relational embodiment, like, okay, being with me while I'm with you. There's attunement, right? Being tuned into whatever it might be kind of going on inside you, right? And, and so those are, I don't know, some, some, some really important, like just basic, skills uh, that, that people need to learn. I mean, uh, yeah. And, and, and really aren't taught so much, you know. I think, I think, uh, well, other things are like things like sometimes we view conflict as like a negative, right? You know, it's like, as opposed to, ah, oh, what a gift. Like somebody's trying to tell me about something, about, you know, something true, about who they are and, and what they need. And so kind of learning to, to to, tune into that so anyways those those, those are those are some others yeah
0: i think those are incredible and those are the missing pieces that as you mentioned often people are not talking about right so when we're talking about kind of like sexual skills or things that people need to do or kind of like being with the partner i feel it's more of kind of like what you do versus how to be with the person and i think the embodiment piece is so important when you mention it and i think the more the older I get in this kind of like field of our work and kind of in life I understand the importance of it like, and even the connection with people is more on how you show up with them versus how, what you tell them so I think that is such an important skill and as you mentioned that like many especially during sex many say like it's I know it's not always true but many women who grew up in a conservative communities like sex mm-hmm. is connected to so much shame
1: that Mm. like when
0: you are with a partner you're just not tuning to your body because a you might feel incredible anxiety and pain due to the shame Mm. or the numbness like I have Mm. many of my clients saying that I don't feel anything (laughs) like Mm. my partner can do all sorts of things doesn't feel great it doesn't feel bad Mm. and it's that's that's a missing piece that you're talking seems like about the embodiment so one one thing I learned that it can be helpful couples is kind of like building these rituals of connection like maybe Mm. before or after so they can practice Mm. these things what are some of the recommendations you have as far as things can people practice the rituals that help them to be that interconnected piece
1: yeah absolutely yeah 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 so i think kind of the idea of a ritual is is really super potent and valuable it kind of like almost like, helps create a safe container, you know, for, like, the experience, right? So sometimes, you know, certain rituals might be things like maybe lighting a candle or kind of, you know, who. sometimes there's, like, having moments or periods of time where it's, you know, touch but non-sexual touch, right, just to reestablish kind of the safe enoughness with just being interconnected, right? Because sometimes when we jump straight into sex, right, it's like, oh, okay, kind of that's almost overwhelming or too too much. And right, okay, just reestablishing that I care about you as a human being makes it safe enough, right? To start to feel things, right? There's this concept called like the vigilance center, right? And 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 sometimes when our our vigilance centers are our, our kind of our threat detectors are too too high on right we're not able to have a sexual response it's like almost kind of very difficult to be both terrified and feeling and kind of sexual sometimes there there's exceptions to that for sure but you know very frequently like in order to feel sexual we have to feel safe and so the idea of rituals are so valuable in that regard so maybe things like yeah setting a timer or kind of having a certain time during the week or you know a time of day creating clear boundaries of okay and kind if of, all the, you know, whether, you know, kids are asleep, doors are closed, you know, whatever, right, kind of and, and and just creating boundaries around the 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 sacredness of it, I think those those can be, you know, super potent. And, and even just micro rituals around like being the, the 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 ritual of ah okay sensing into the not just creating a boundary around the work, but but respecting the boundaries of people within the work. Right. So so you know when people learn to tune into their themselves and listen to their bodies, sometimes what happens is their body might give them signals right of "Ah, uh, okay, this feels maybe not so good or I'm not feeling anything you know and 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 you know just even trying to learn to listen, okay, maybe this isn't ready right now or I'm not you know feeling ready right now. It's like, okay, please respect that i don't." Feel ready right now, and maybe uh, even just a being a, a skill of being able to speak that right, and a skill of being able to receive that kind of with grace, right? Okay, ah, huh, you know, I'm not really feeling li- like intimacy right now. Okay, or you know, could you place your hand here, uh, or or that's a little bit too much here, right? Okay, and just being able to say that kind of uh, and to learn to notice. Inside what your kind of boundaries are, because they they actually continually evolve. Like this is okay now, maybe it's not okay in, in ten seconds, right? And just so, so the, the the ability to do the dance, the dynamic dance of kind of uh, naming a boundary with connectedness, right? So it's like, ah, okay, you know, I the boundary doesn't mean I don't care about you. The boundary doesn't mean kind of, uh, you're in the doghouse, the boundary just is, uh, okay, thank you so much. It's almost like, instead of like, I think there's this kind of way in which sometimes boundaries feel like rejection, right? Versus boundaries as connection. Ah, congratulations, you found a boundary, right? Hey, thank you. This is, uh, and we can just hang out here, right? And feel that, together, right? And so I think that's another, I don't know, like micro ritual within the larger context of rituals that can become something that really makes it safe to to claim oneself, right? To to claim who 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 one is in the context of relationship, right? And you know, and you know, and and, and anyways, just for the person who, who might say like, well, kind of my partner's doing all these things with me and I'm not feeling anything. Sometimes it's like just slowing things down a little bit, kind of rituals. There's frequently a certain pace and attunement and att- at- 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 like it's almost like spaces where our awareness get- becomes hypercharged, right? Like, okay, ah, so right now you're with me, I'm with you, and, and I'm feeling nothing, you know. For example. Okay, let's just kind of maybe, maybe you could, there's a ritual of setting up, okay, let's just slow down and be with that and be with you, kind of not feeling anything, right? And the truth about feeling nothing is nothing is always something, right? And and so what does the nothing feel like? Well, is, it, is it a blank nothing? Is it an empty nothing? Is it a small little I'm scared and hiding away nothing, right? And that if we pause, right, and maybe even a, a ritual of Kind of slowing down and pausing. Sometimes out of the nothing, a scared little something emerges, right? Or a faint voice in the distance arises, and then ah, oh, there it is. Okay, let's be with that. That's that's something, even in the nothing. And 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 it can transform, right, into uh something even more deeply beautiful and intimate than whatever sexual tools or skills that are attempted to, to be applied. It's like, ah, you were with me in my faraway place, right? And, you know, and then sometimes it's almost like nobody's ever been with me there before. Nobody's ever cared to be with me in my nothing yet, you know? And thank you. And, and what an intimate moment that can be, right? Just to be willing to be with somebody in their nothing, right? So, you know, so ritual sometimes creates safety that you know and i think you know i guess one other thing just about kind of just these containers of safety that sometimes you know there can be agreements within a certain ritual like there was maybe one client like who was having a challenge sometimes the word is you could use the word selfish or i I prefer sometimes being self full. but the challenge that they were having is they weren't allowing themselves to take pleasure like it was wrong for them to to uh, it was wrong for him to actually feel like he was taking pleasure, right? And and you know there there's actually kind of and 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 his partner uh, she she really wanted him to uh, yeah, you know please I'm yours you know please claim me in a certain way right? Uh, but it wasn't safe enough uh, for for him to do that and and so the, you know just setting up kind of the agreements and the container and the ritual where. Okay, in this space, you know, in this space, you have permission to claim me as yours, right, and to take me as almost with the energy of like your mind, right, your mind, right, and and for her to kind of allow, I'm yours, I'm yours, right, and and yeah, there was there was an ability to to come through to the other side of um, yeah, just kind of inabilities to to connect and feel the the full depths of intimacy because there was this kind of inability to, to to allow themselves to claim and permission and, And I think ritual really helped with
0: that. What a beautiful case that you shared with us because I hear the Mm -hmm. same thing. I think one of the other things that I experienced can be very helpful for people or couples is like having some flexibility in the role Mm -hmm. that you're wearing as as Mm -hmm. compared Mm -hmm. to what you're talking about that Mm -hmm. sometimes they have clients that they want their partner to be a certain way and the partner would like to be a certain way. But as you mentioned, they don't give permission to themselves. And it's just like, it's against who they are. Like sometimes you have clients that maybe it's not politically correct but oh, it's like right, a right. play that you want to do with your partner and there's nothing wrong with it since it's consensual and you like it and they yeah. like it and I love this idea of using this rituals, this kind of safe spaces to be mm-hmm. playful with your sexual self and experiment with different version of yourself.
1: Totally, 100% yeah, 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 I mean it, it when you're with somebody and in especially long term kind of relationships there can be yeah, kind of uh, conversations and agreements, and and almost instead of it being like, oh, you're locked into a certain kind of pattern, right? Actually, you're with somebody who perhaps cares about you enough that they're willing to let you experiment with being right. And and what a gift, right? And so, you know, I think I think that that that's absolutely right. You know, you can, you know, kind of with consent, right? um go to places where maybe in other places spaces where it wasn't consensual or you know it just we're, we're wouldn't be safe enough to do it wouldn't be okay to do right yeah so yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. well i think the, the other skill that you mentioned the kind of in, ingredient that i think is so important kind of being mm-hmm. okay with conflict and talking about what's not working yeah. for you and i think Sometimes when we are in a long-term relationship, that could be challenging. I had a listener that emailed me and said, like, you know, I'm I'm with my wife 20 years ago. She's horrible with doing blowjob. Mm-hmm. But back then, I I didn't think it would go anywhere. And I was like, honey, this is great. So that's instead we're having mm-hmm. the same kind of experience mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like a rare example, but sometimes giving feedback to our partner, yeah. especially someone that we really care for, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. what would that be like how can we be giving people compassionate feedback
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, it's super hard and super yeah no 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 what a great uh, kind of kind of story from your listener and and yeah no you know i think there's a a number of things right just the art feedback giving feedback is a whole art in and of itself i guess one of the first things i would say is timing (laughs) right Mm -hmm. so you know kind of uh, kind of making sure that the person feels kind of loved enough, supported enough, uh, safe enough in your ongoing connection that they're able to potentially take it in. It's really vulnerable, right? Just, you know, one, to give feedback, but also to receive feedback about something that's so I don't know like tender and intimate it just feels core to who our being we feel like when we're getting feedback it's like ah, oh, i must be awful or you know just floods of shame can really kind of just take over right so so you know just being uh, thoughtful about timing and 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 yeah just making sure that they're they feel safe enough you know there's there's also the whole kind of sharing your intentions you know like first like so saying you know you know i'm I'm sharing this because I care about you and I want us to deepen our connection right, and that's the intention behind it, and so because I love you and I want us to to grow together. Right, rather than like, well, wow, you're not doing, you know, whatever, right? You know, so 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 it's like sharing the intention, and and sometimes uh, first truths first, right? Like, because probably for the person who's giving feedback, it's a little bit nervous or uh, scary too. So even just saying, you know, there's something I want to share with you. I'm a little bit scared or nervous because you know I don't want you know I, I I want us to be good, right? And I and because you're important. So even just sharing your own first truth, right, I think can be important. And, and being vulnerable yourself, as you share, right. And, and, and the part of you, instead of like sharing, almost like a kind of like demanding, kind of like, I don't know, customer at a restaurant, right? It's like waiter, like, <laughs> this. it's like, um, speak uh, from your own vulnerability, right? From your own, like, and it could be even like the, the longing or the sadness, or the desire to feel closer or more connected, right? Like, and, and, and share from, from that point, right? you know, there's that old riddle. I don't know if you've heard this before now. It's like, how do porcupines hug?
0: No, what is oh, that? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, porcupines hug. They, they hug by uh, turning uh, their, their bellies, their soft belly, their, their noses up and their bellies, soft bellies towards each other. And then they can hug that way, right? <laughs> And, and, and so, like, sometimes when we're giving feedback, it can feel a little bit like the porcupine spike, mm-hmm.
0: Right? Mm-hmm.
1: But, but, but if we share from our own soft belly, like, you know, it's like, honey, you know, I, I love you and I feel so much care for you. And, you know, there's this deep longing that I have for even more connection. I feel some sadness, right, because I want us to feel super solid and good because you're important, but that's a more soft belly kind of share you know and you know and and that enables the person to to hear it right there's there's this phrase to speak into the listening of the other right so to to speak into their ability to hear or to listen so yeah so 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 kind of uh, sharing from kind of uh, kind of uh, vulnerability you know first first sometimes the whole sandwich methodology like saying like some nice things at the you know some some genuinely like appreciative things at the outset and then kind of delivering the feedback and then kind of uh, reaffirming the the, the nice or the, the things that are appreciated can be really valuable. You know, I think Gottman talks about a five to one ratio sometimes. So, you know, get, get, having, having that kind of ratio. And then, you know, it just in terms of the actual practicalities of feedback. So I think sometimes there's a tendency is like, oh, okay, sometimes taking whatever like negative energy or judgment that we have out of the the feedback it's like yeah like why are you doing like some you know it's like it just uh being um and and you know just making an observation with as neutrally kind of valence as possible like okay so you know when you place your hand here right is very different from when you place your hand there (laughs) right there's a there's a there's an edge of judgment right you know okay but you know or and then you know, leading from kind of yeah, just kind of the vulnerable feelings, right? You know, whatever they might be. You know, I kind of I feel um, kind of maybe some discomfort, or you know, kind of some some longing and some sadness and a and a wish, right? Uh, you know, for you know, kind of uh, maybe kind of uh, you to move your hand kind of over here, okay? And so so sometimes you know that that can. Be supportive. Sometimes uh, you you also want your requests to be as specific as possible, right? Kind of so specific and actionable. So sometimes it could be, you know, could you, you know, go faster, please? Right. Kind of, I think just making a distinction between a request versus a demand, right? It's just like, okay. A request is like, okay, this is something that I'd like. And if you don't, that's okay. I'd prefer if you do. But if you don't, it's okay also. And I still care about you. The demand is like, do it this way or else, (laughs) right? Okay. And sometimes when we offer feedback, it sounds more like a demand than a request like do it this way or you know and 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 the person is left feeling oh okay well you better do it or else and that actually kind of constricts their life energy it kind of makes them feel i don't know more uh, tentative and fearful of doing it wrong and it also separates them from their own native intuitive sense and it disconnects them with you actually ultimately okay because so, they're acting out of fear rather than out of or, uh intuitive reciprocal connectedness. Okay. So, you know, kind of making sure that when you are with them, you know, that, that, that your kind of requests are requests, not demands and, and that they're specific. So it could be, okay, faster, please. Okay. And, and sometimes the truth is the person will try typically kind of if if the request is delivered with enough kind of just neutrality kind of connectedness and they and their nervous system feels safe enough to kind of modulate in response to that at least there will be a, a positive effort or intent to meet the request and sometimes their version of faster or higher or lower please just doesn't work right and so just the art of with neutrality repeating the request like okay to the left please or to the right you know or whatever that might be right and and almost almost as as if it's beginner's mind again right not like i told you (laughs) right this do it right you know it's just like just kind of they you know and and just kind of the 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 art of just kind of requests uh, without judgment yeah so you know I think. those are some of the things about making requests kind of neutral observations, speaking with right timing, speaking with vulnerability, being specific, making requests, not demands, and being willing to just kind of repeat a request if it's still not met and just noticing them being okay with that right and i think that that goes a long way yeah.
0: absolutely thank you for for that and for all of those great information and examples mm. and giving us specific instructions on, in a way <laughs> like on how to do it because no one have a kind of like for many of our clients at least i can talk about my clients and no one gave them the opportunity to improve kind of like conflict resolution skills right like mm either avoid it or you're like you wait until things are really bad and you're it might be kind of like aggressive in a way and that doesn't work in a relationship because you you care about the person and it's helpful if you have exciting sexual experiences and I think one thing that you mentioned that was very important being okay with hearing no right it could be nothing wrong with you as a person but like if my husband want to go to italian restaurant for example tonight i might not want to do italian although he would ask the best possible way and show me the pictures from yelp i still (laughs) might not want to do italian and there's nothing wrong with my husband or italian food i just don't want to have it so i think it's important to think about it that way as well well uh, dr wong i bet our listeners i want to learn more about you i know you have your this courses all the wonderful things that you yeah. provide for the community so tell us how can people find you and what are some of the places they can look into your material
1: sure absolutely yeah so so uh I run a I have a a private practice. So if people want to find me for my private practice, it's ww.dralbertwong.com. So welcome to look me up there. And I also teach and I train students in embodiment and somatic psychology. So a lot of what I was talking about, like connecting to your body and sensate awareness and what it's like just to feel this inside this the soft belly of, of uh, us I have a I run trainings particularly around trauma and healing trauma at my website somatopia.com so uh, you can find me in either of those places
0: yeah beautiful well thank you so much for being part of this journey of our show and evolution of our show and all the wonderful things that you do and hopefully we'll, we'll have you back in episode 400 and 600 <laughs> Amazing. And future episode. Thank you. Oh,
1: it's been such a pleasure. So, so good to be with you. Tonight.
0: hope you guys found our conversation meaningful. It's always a delight to talk to Dr. Wong and his close friend of mine and a colleague and I really appreciate how much he encouraged us to kind of tune into our body and focus on what it feels to have pleasure and experience pleasure in our bodies. At the end I want to remind you guys that this is the last week that you can enter to win what our $100 app Amazon gift card. We just launched our three episode number three hundred, and as a way to say thank you, whoever writes us an honest review in iTunes, Stitchers, wherever you're listening to this podcast, they will enter to win a one hundred dollar Amazon gift card. All you need to do is to write a new review for us. Take a screenshot. You can DM it to us at Sexology Podcast handle at Instagram, or you can email us. We will announce the winner on episode 302. So far, we only got a handful of responses. So the chances of winning is extremely high. So make sure that you are entering the information, and I'm looking forward to announcing the winner. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast.